My name is Kent. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so delighted that you're here with us tonight. Um, I like to think of myself as being uh, up on the news and interested in the news, and I like to offer up news that people can use. So uh, do we have any, like, last-minute shoppers here? Last-minute? Walgreens is open till midnight. (laughs) Just so you know, there's still hope. The part of the story that Alan read tonight, the part that caught my imagination the last couple of weeks was the part about the news. And uh, it's kind of in the middle of the story he read. It's the part that says this, There were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Christmas is about news. These angels make an announcement. It's specifically good news of great joy for all people. I've always been impressed with those who are able to de- deliver news really well. I looked up the top three American journalists. Would you like to guess top three? I'll give you a hint. They're all dead. <laughs> Number one, Benjamin Franklin. In addition to all the other stuff he did, he ran a newspaper. Number two, Joseph Pulitzer. Okay, so the guy has a prize named after him, so you figure he has to be pretty good. And the third one, Walter Cronkite, who was on CBS for like 19 or 20 years in the 60s and 70s. I still remember listening to Walter Cronkite on the news. Anybody else want to admit that? Each of these top three journalists had one quality in common that pushed them to the top of this list. And that quality was integrity. They were all very concerned about truth, and they wanted to make sure that they got their reporting right. They all three hated sensationalism. They wanted to get just the facts. They were all three known for fact-checking. Journalists used to do that, (laughs) fact-checking. Now, respect for journalists today is not so good. Uh, Another survey I looked up is the current list of least trusted professionals. And journalists are near the bottom, right above members of Congress and used car salesmen, and right below lawyers. Now, I should apologize because I don't know many of you if there are used car salesmen, member of Congress, or lawyers present. I'm just reporting the news to you. That's all I'm doing. Maybe the problem with journalists is that News itself has fallen on hard times, which is kind of interesting since we can get news 24-7. And since they've been streaming news to us constantly, it seems like what we actually get is not more news. What we actually get is more news analysis. So we're getting a lot more opinions, and this has actually created a new category of news, fake news. So many people have lost trust in the news, but I'm, I'm, I'll warn you when I give you my opinion. I'm about to give you my opinion. I think the news has got has a bad rap because news is actually just the reporting of current events. News is 
when you report on something that actually happened. That's the news. So here's some examples. The Titanic sinks. Man walks on the moon. OJ is arrested. Packers clinch NFC North champion. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker has already earned $405 million. I'm reporting to you events, things that have actually happened. That's the news. Now, when we start to make comments on the news or express feelings or opinions, that's when we start to get in trouble. Was OJ guilty? Can the Packers win the Super Bowl? Was the Star Wars movie a good movie? Now, this isn't really opinion. Yes, it was very good. (laughs) Angels brought news on Christmas. That's what they did. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby, an actual baby, wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. News. A baby is born. Can we trust this news? I was wondering, are angelic messengers trustworthy? Do angels make good journalists? And I started to look into that, and I discovered that at least one thing is clear. When an angel shows up to give a message, people really pay attention to it. Some examples. An angel tells Abraham and Sarah to expect a baby, and they get a baby. An angel warns that Sodom is about to be destroyed, and the city is destroyed. An angel protects Balaam from danger, and Balaam is saved. An angel tells Jacob when he's supposed to go, when it's safe, and Jacob arrives safely. An angel tells Zechariah that his wife is about to give birth. And she does. An angel tells Mary that she's about to get pregnant, and she gets pregnant. Angels typically have a very high respectability. They're very trustworthy. Angels tell the truth. Their news is reliable. So, if an angel comes to you with news, you should pay attention to it. Especially if an angel comes to you and tells you you're about to have a baby. Pay attention to it. The shepherds heard this news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And you will find a sign of this when you find an actual baby in a manger. And the shepherds are curious. Is this news true? So they decide they're going to go find out for themselves. And this is what happened. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had heard and seen about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. They returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were exactly as the angel had told them. The angel's news was reliable. Everything lined up just as they describe it. The angels delivered trustworthy news. Now, the angels also delivered more than news in their little statement here, they were delivering some commentary on the news. So I got curious, if the news they delivered was trustworthy, is their commentary on that news also trustworthy? That's what I was wondering about. Because commentary seems like where we get in trouble. You start to have your opinions, and it may be true, but it's just a lot harder to prove 
whether or not it's true. So here's the news. A baby is born, and you'll find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Fact check? True. They found a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Commentary? This baby will bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. That sounds like an opinion. Fact check. Does the baby bring great joy to people? To answer that question, we have to go a little deeper into the report. We've got to maybe have a follow-up report. What became of the baby? What kinds of things did the baby do? And did those things actually bring joy to people? So I continued to read in the book of Luke where I started, and I found these kind of things were described as having been brought by Jesus. Jesus brought freedom for prisoners. He gave sight to the blind. He comforted the sad. He fed the hungry. He forgave sins. The deaf could hear. The lame could walk. Those who had never spoken a word could sing. This is what happened when Jesus came. Fact check. The baby brought good news of great joy to the poor, the prisoner, the oppressed, the blind, the lame, the deaf, the hungry, the sad, and anyone who had sinned. Does that sound like joy for all people? Pretty close. One more fact check about the angelic commentary. They offered this as part of their message. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. That is a bold claim that this little baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, is Christ the Lord, a Savior? So this is how my thought process works. I wonder, okay, fact check on the news that a baby actually was in the manger, just as they said, true, um, that this baby did bring joy to many, many people. I wonder if this is true. Is this claim also trustworthy, that that baby is Christ the Lord, a Savior? And as I dug into that one, I discovered that this claim was actually kind of a counter-cultural claim very different than what everyone else was saying in that day and age, because what everyone else was saying in that day was this. Caesar is Lord. Caesar rules. Caesar is in charge. Caesar is the one we look to to protect us and to care for us, to give us hope. We trust Caesar to save us. That was the news that was prevailing in that day, because the world revolved around the Romans and their power. They had swept in and they'd overcome most of the known world. So peace and wealth and significance and value and meaning and security, all these things came from the Romans. And the person who was in charge was Caesar. Caesar was Lord. And this little story about Joseph and Mary and this baby is kind of insignificant. They're insignificant peasants. They're a conquered people. They're poor, they have no influence, they live in a backwater village in a nation that's a has-been nation. There is nothing about their story that seems to indicate that this baby's going to be something special. Their main role in life would have been to pay tribute to Rome and worship Caesar as their Lord and Savior. 
That was the way the story was supposed to go. And then Mary gets pregnant and delivers a baby. And this baby turns the news cycle upside down. Uh, Matthew also reported on this. Listen to Matthew's report of this news. This is from Matthew's Gospel. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was greatly disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Something about this baby is disturbing the king. And because he's disturbed, everyone else is disturbed too. This baby with no apparent connections, no apparent wealth, no, as far as Caesar was concerned, no family connections, no influence or power. This Jewish baby born in a barn, laid in a stable. Could he be a king? Could he be the savior just as the angels said? King Herod is worried. He is so worried about this news, in fact, that he sets out to kill every baby born in Bethlehem for two years. King Herod was worried because if this baby were king and Caesar heard about it, this would be trouble because Caesar is Lord and nobody's allowed to mess with that. Breaking news. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is the same prediction that Isaiah made, the prophet we've been celebrating all month in his great promises. He predicted that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on forevermore. The zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. News break. Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Some other news you you maybe know, maybe you don't know, but King Herod died. Caesar died. All of the Caesars that came after that Caesar died. Rome itself died. We didn't sing a song about Caesar tonight. We didn't come here to worship Caesar. We came here to worship the one who was born in a manger, who lived a perfect life, who went to the cross and died and was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, he was raised to life again. And he ascended into heaven where he's sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, where he reigns and rules. And one day he's coming back again to establish a kingdom that will last forever, a kingdom of justice and peace. Jesus is Lord and Savior. And so it seems to me that the news and the commentary 
offered by the angels on that first Christmas is completely trustworthy and reliable. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. God, we bow before you tonight and we worship you and exalt you as the true God, the one who has demonstrated your love to us time and time again and maybe in the most profound demonstration of all, sending your very own son to take on flesh and to become a baby born in humble circumstances, to live a life in every way as we have and yet without sin so that he could become the savior of the world. We're so grateful, God, that we can gather here in this place and remember that story and reflect on this good news, a glorious news that transforms us as it has transformed generations of believers and as it will transform generations to come. And we look forward, God, to your kingdom coming fully in all of its power. Until that day, we offer you our praise and worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Good news, like the news we heard from the angels, is, in my opinion, too good to keep to ourselves. And so part of our vision of Christmas is that we hear this story, and as the shepherds went and told everyone they could about it, so we do that. We've talked about how the promises of God came to the prophets, and this created a little light to shine in the darkness, a light of hope and love and joy and peace. And then that was realized when Jesus was born in the manger and we celebrate the birth of this baby who brought hope and love and joy and peace. And then that was passed on to his disciples, all those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ so that the light of that love and hope and joy and peace continued to spread all the way up to today. And now we believe that that light continues to spread from this place. As we light the candles today from the Christ candle... Um, maybe you can continue to reflect about how God has been shining light in your life and maybe how he wants you to continue to shine that light into this world that is, quite frankly, in desperate need most of the time for a little bit more hope and peace and love and joy.